Eight of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says. Wakanda will no longer watch from the shadows. We cannot. We must not. We will work to be an example of how we, as brothers and sisters on this earth, should treat each other. Now, more than ever, the illusions of division threaten our very existence. We know the truth. War connects us and separates us. And in times of crisis, the wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers. We must find a way to look after one another as if we were one single tribe. Yeah. We'll come the forever! Yeah. Sorry, I blew somebody's ear out with that. I'm sorry. Um, I think it's a it's a poignant quote for I think the times we currently live in and also you know the untimely passing of uh, of Chadwick Boseman last night. Yeah, it's crazy, right? That was a gut punch. Yeah. Dude was only 43. Yeah. And like the wor- the worst part like, like you know you say like He, he was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2016, mm. stage four, and it went to stage five recently. And you know he passed away yesterday, as as we're recording this. It's like the he didn't tell anybody. Like he could have made a big deal out of this, and he chose to keep it to himself. Right. Like, and. The heartbreaking part of this is a few months ago, like he did a video, an Instagram video, um, where he was trying to launch a foundation on, under Jackie Robinson's name because he he played Jackie Robinson in a movie, uh-huh. and um, you know he was trying to launch his foundation, the Forty Two Foundation, I think it's called or something like that, uh-huh. and um, the message got completely lost because all people could talk about is how thin he was. And yeah. made fun of him for it. Like people were like, "Motherfucker needs to eat a sandwich." And I get it. Like you don't know, but again, you don't know. Right. Like you didn't know what this guy was going through. He was dying. Yeah. Like this was his last public appearance. Was this Instagram video that later got taken down because motherfuckers couldn't just keep their mouth shut about shit and had to troll him about the way he looked. Right. You know and. It's a shame that, that that's the way people go, go the nowadays. Right. You know, and I'm not going to be like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I was a big fan of his. Like, okay. you know, he played Black Panther and I thought he did a phenomenal job as Black Panther. I, I did watch the Jackie Robinson movie. I thought he was very good in that. Um, he did another movie where the Russo brothers produced it called Five Bridges that I do want to see it in, in like... I wanted to see it in theaters and for like I missed it somehow, um, uh, but it looked like a very interesting movie that that, that he was in, um, you know. But I'm not, I'm not gonna pretend here like I was a big Chadwick Boseman fan because I'm, I'm I wasn't like, but he was a very good actor, right. and I mean the, the unfortunate thing is like his portrayal of Black Panther is iconic, and you know it's a shame that I don't get more of that. 
and he seemed like a genuinely decent human being as well. And that's the even bigger shame is that we're losing a genuinely decent human being at a time where we need genuinely decent human beings. Right. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. So, I I wish you peace. Yeah. So, how are you, Ben, sir? Pretty good. I yes. Guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... You, you don't know. Uh, sorry. Um, just a busy week. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I did watch Bill and Ted's movie. You, you rented you you uh you did the the premium pay per view. Yeah. yeah. What'd you think of it? Uh, it it is what it is. Okay. I mean, it's a Bill and Ted movie, right? Yeah. I mean, anybody going into this, do not expect Oscar nominations because that's not what Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. You know what I mean? What? Right. It was never meant to be that. So, I mean, the critics are probably going to kill it. And that's fine. But it was a Bill and Ted movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. But uh, it was good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. There were parts I really liked. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. It looked. I mean, it looked very interesting. Like. I I I, I know somebody once said on Twitter like anytime you're getting a sequel to a movie 30 years later you know you can't expect much now <laughs> you know but um, was real was Bill and Ted's excellent adventure really that much I, I, I mean seriously I think I mean, Bill and Ted okay Bill and Ted's excellent adventure is a great comedy Right. Okay. That's exactly what it is. I thought Bill and Ted's bogus journey wasn't as good as the excellent adventure. Yeah. But yet death was so damn fun. Right. You know, like I had problems with that movie, but the problems I, I still have fun watching that movie, despite the fact that I don't think it measures up as well as the original. Now I think over time, the bogus journey has, I've gained a deeper appreciation for it. Like, I think at the time I was like, oh man, that's not, not nearly as good. But I think over time I've gained a deeper appreciation for that movie. Right. Um, so no, I'm, I'm not expecting fucking Hamlet out of this. You know what yeah. I mean? But I, I'm expecting like, I'm expecting a worthy successor. Like something is going to entertain me. It's going to tell a fun, goofy story. You know, and and at at the end of the hour and a half, I'm going to be entertained. And maybe there's a few, like, you know, quotes that come out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. But beyond that, I'm not expecting, you know, Endgame. (laughs) Right. You know. Yeah, I just don't want people to go in expecting Endgame when it's a Bill and Ted movie. Right. You know what I'm saying? Anybody who is is a fool. I mean, you know, you you got to check yourself there. You know. (laughs) It's like saying, like, you know, I really think fucking Happy Gilmore is a funny movie. You know, it's not a great movie. It's a fucking funny movie. 
you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, so that, that's, so if, if you're going into that expecting to get, you know, some, you know, Scorsese type experience from it, then, you know, what the fuck were you thinking? I know. <clears throat> but it was, it was decent. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. So anyway, yeah, I, that's, that's what I watched. And yeah, I just yeah. started watching, it's about an hour, uh, 45 minutes into that Kevin Bacon film. That yeah, you've got to narrow that down there a tad. Yeah. <laughs> you should have left. Is that the name of it? You should have left or should have left. Or... I don't know. Anyway, it's yeah. new. Yeah, okay. I mean, the guy's only done 400 movies, and you're just like that Kevin Bacon movie. I'm like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> Then even, when, even when you say that Kevin Bacon horror movie, that doesn't narrow it down quite enough because he's done a few of those, too. Yeah. Hold on. I'll figure it out. Yeah, you should have left. 2020. Oh, I can't yeah. say I'm familiar with that. Yeah, it's new, I think. Yeah. You know, they only got 5.3. 40, 40% rotten tomatoes. Wow. It's not like you're in for a hell of a ride there. Eh, it's Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon does good stuff, though. Like, I, Kevin Bacon's weird like that. Like, you, you'll, you'll get shit from him, but then you get, like, some really good shit from him. Yeah. You know, it's like, he's, it's a weird... Like I don't know, like like what kind of bills that guy has, <laughs> you know. But like, you almost want to say to him, like, you know, dude, you don't have to work as much. Right. You you can say no to something. Right. Like I respect the amount of work the dude gets. Like you said, I mean, it's like IMDb page is like like four hundred films on it or some shit. Like you know, it's like something ridiculous. Right. But but yet you want to say to the guy, like, you know, it's okay to say no. <laughs> you know, you're, you're teetering really close to being in like like Nicolas Cage territory with some of this right. shit. You know, you can say no to Tremors Five. <laughs> what was that? What was the movie when he he was in? He played the guy that was in Alcatraz. Oh, was it Alcatraz where he was put in the isolation? It might have been, yeah, I don't know. They ended up suing and going, yeah, like crazy. Yeah, like he shot a post office employee when he was fifteen years old or something, and I can't remember the name of the movie. Anyway, that's probably one of his best films. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah. Anyway, Bill and Ted got six six in IMDb, seventy nine percent Rotten Tomato score. And a Fandango score of 84%. Yeah. 70% 70% of users like this movie. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. It wasn't it wasn't too bad. Yeah. So anyway. I try to think. Um I watched Rocket Man last weekend. Oh, you did? Yeah, I finally got around to watching that. Uh-huh. 
What do you think? I thought it was just okay. I liked it. Yeah. Like I liked it. I enjoyed it. I I, I guess. Like the whole the whole aspect of it being done more as a musical than a straight biopic. I I and I knew it was done that way. Like they didn't hide that fact. Like you knew right. what it was. Right. I, but it's still kind of like I don't want to. I, I, it just took me out of it just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I get why they did it that way. Like, I, I understand. Like, I understood everything. It just, it was like at the end of it, like, well, I enjoyed it, but I feel like I could have enjoyed it better if it had been a straight biopic. Right. You know. And and I hate comparing it to Bohemian Rhapsody because I mean, clearly they're, they're two very different films. Yeah. But they came out so close together, and you know, the subject matter is you know, in the same time period. I think is why they end up being compared. Right. Um, you know, I just, I, I just, I, I preferred Bohemian Rhapsody, but I enjoyed the hell out of Rocket Man. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? He was. He's very good. Yeah. Uh, Tedron Edinger, whatever the hell his name is, that yeah. kid. He's going places. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty remarkable. Yeah. So I mean, I thought that part of it was really good. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that he sung the entire thing. I know, right? <laughs> like, Isn't that crazy? And it kind of like, in a way, it bothered me because I, I, I love the, I love Elton John's voice so much. Yeah. Especially young, like that younger Elton John, because he, yeah. he, he had a very powerful voice yeah. back then. Um, that I wanted to hear Elton John sing those songs. You know, I wanted to hear the Elton John version. But at the end of the day, I still kind of appreciated the way he did it. Yeah. You know, the arrangements were changed up a little bit at times, stuff like that. I, I, I thought the way they used the music w- was very well done. Like, yeah. you know, the 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 whole the whole scene with uh, with Bernie going off with the girl at, the, at Mama Cass's party, and he he's doing Tiny Dancer. Yeah. Yeah, that that was you know there there were moments where like the music worked the way they used it and how you know and again I understand that you know so using it in a musical fashion it kind of works that way and then at the end you know I'm still standing being the finale which whew, that was bad <laughs> I uh... like, just the way you, you know, the problem was like. And and this is the problem. You're using footage from like 1985 or something, like 1986. Right. You're trying to upgrade it to high definition and then superimpose the actor in place of Elton John. Right. And it didn't like it. It it, it looked like like a bad Tauntaun special effect. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was like, oh, oh, that looked bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like clear, like clearly, this doesn't match, yeah. you know. So, I I liked, I I really appreciated like when they showed his like writing process to things. Yeah, I I, I find that I, I can imagine him doing that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like when 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 Bernie handed him the lyrics to to your song and he sat down at the piano. Unreal, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean that favorite song. Yeah, like that was like. 
I was like, okay, this this makes total sense. Like I could see this is how this was done. You know, yeah, his yeah. grandmother's sitting there listening to him with a smile on her face because she just likes to hear him play the piano. Like it, it was like all all these things. Like just like it worked. And like at the end of it, with when Bernie hands on the, the lyrics to "I'm Still Standing," yeah, and he sits at the piano and he starts to write the music to it. Like it was like. Yeah, I mean that that works. I mean, and and it was a like again that song at the end works as the finale. Like I, yeah. it made sense, you know. Right, right. Um, it's, it's just like the the you know just because of what you were doing at the end, it made like I was like, ooh, ooh, man, they should have just just tried to do this like Bohemian Rhapsody didn't just create their own, you know. Yeah, 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 and just create your own. Yeah. Instead of trying to match this shit up, that was bad. But yeah. overall, I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it was bad. And I, I think if you're somebody who enjoys a musical, you might enjoy it a little bit more than I did. Yeah. Because that was my, I think that was my problem with it. I was like, you know, why is he singing a song now? You know. I think the thing with musicals is you have your bar set so high with Baz Luhrmann that, do you know what I mean? Like when anything kind of gets into that realm you're like eh it's not a move on rouge <laughs> you know what i mean like no no i don't think because I, I i i think like i move on rouge is the exception i'll I'll, i i don't i don't compare other musicals that i watch to moulin rouge because let's face facts the music man is not moulin rouge but i love the music man right you know what i mean, I mean it, yeah. that's you know so i the problem is I mean, and again, like, like the music works for me because it's music I can appreciate. Like, I can't stand it. And I watched it just because I thought, well, this is a movie I should watch. I watched that Rock of Ages. <laughs> that was fucking awful. Like, I'm sorry, that was fucking. And whoever told Tom Cruise he could play a rock god, they they need to be taken out back and shot. Yeah, I've seen I've seen it like once. Yeah. But in comparison to, um, oh, Sean, what's that song? Uh, what's that movie? Um, Wahlberg. Oh, um, Rockstar. Yeah. But Rockstar. That wasn't a musical, though. I, I know. But the music, though, I mean, yeah. just they came out around the same time. They were often compared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. But, man, was that a good movie. <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 the, the problem is, like, with Moulin Rouge, like, I watched that movie, and to me, because it's such a fantasy piece, it works as a musical with that music to me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, 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 it doesn't play like a straight movie. It, 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 it really is a, a, a piece of fantasy. Um, whereas with, with rocket man, like these are real life events that they're changing into a musical for their purposes, which I, again, I understand it makes, it it makes sense why they chose to go that route. It's just it for me, for whatever reason, it just doesn't work for me. That's all. Right. Like it's, it's not that I'm comparing it to Moulin Rouge in any way, shape or form. It's just because it's a, a biopic. I'd much rather it be a straight biopic. Than a a rock and roll fantasy disguised as a biopic. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, I can watch Tommy. You know, again, right. that's like a complete piece of fan, 
fantastical work. Like it's it's a fantasy. Yeah. You know, but it works as a musical. I mean, because it's the work of the Who. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot, but I mean, there are other musicals I can I can take that are like in that 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 rock and roll genre that work for me. This just again, it was a good movie. I liked it. I appreciate, it, but the fact that they did it as a musical just took a little bit away from it for me. That's all. Yeah. You know, I always I always and now I get your point. Um, I, I just always viewed Moulin Rouge as almost like the perfect musical movie. Yeah. To, like it's just, I don't know. It's it's you can never make that again. No. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you will never catch that fire again. No. Like Sorry. and everything about it. <clears throat> right. Like everything about that movie just fucking works. Yeah. There's it's just everything. Yeah. I mean the music is incorporated that well into that film. Yeah. Like the that. songs that they chose. And we're able to use work so well with everything that they're doing in the scene. And then on top of it, like the the original piece that they that they perform it like is in the 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 play is it, it's perfect. It's fucking perfect, you know. I know. And I the mean, way it is in with the other songs, and it's just yeah. like it's 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 damn near a perfect musical movie. I mean, and even that moment where Ewan McGregor's trying to woo, um. Nicole Kidman, and he yeah. starts, you know, he starts with your song. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that that whole medley that they do on top of that elephant is like fantastic. Yeah, it fits you know? perfectly, right? Yeah. And I it's mean, like, it's music. Some of it's spoken word, but it's still the music. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the firing back and forth. It's yeah. still, it's still the music, just in spoken word. It was fantastic. I and mean, then, like, you know, the best movie. And you know, the Tango de Roxanne. Yeah, you can. That's that's so good. Like I don't give a fuck. Good. Yeah, like I don't give a fuck. Like you can hate that movie, and there are people right now who are like, I can't believe we're talking about Moulin Rouge again. Stork. Yeah. But like the Tango de Roxanne, like you have to take that piece by itself, pull it away from that movie, and by itself just appreciate that for what it is. (laughs) Yeah, it's like its own entity. It is. It absolutely is. But completely fits the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It, it, just, it was just a perfect film. Yeah. Um, the, the one that had... Uh, I don't... I'm not even going to go there. It was good, though. Okay. Beatles songs. Uh, yeah. I just can't remember the name of the film. That was a good movie too. What the real, um, hmm? real good. Was, it, was that the one where everybody forgot the Beatles existed except for one guy? Nah. Okay. Nah, not that guy. Not not that movie. Okay. I just can't. Because that was actually kind of good. I didn't see that. It's worth a watch. Like, I'm not gonna tell you it's a great movie, but it, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I never saw it. Um, yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. It, it, it's worth a... If you get a chance to catch it, I'd say catch it. It's worth it. Right. Because it's interesting. Because it, I mean, the, the concept is interesting of, like, 
how did the world forget the greatest music ever written? Or that right. it never existed, you know? And now here's this guy, the only guy who remembers it, and he's kind of ripping them off and becoming rich and famous off of it. Yeah. And in a way, he feels bad because it's not his music. I mean, it, it's really well done. It's a good movie. I I appreciated it for what it was. I mean, it, it's an interesting take on, on, on something like that. Um. Was it up for Oscars or anything like that? I don't think so, no. No, not at all. No, I don't. I don't recall. It might have been. I don't. I just don't recall. Eh, well. Yeah. I can't find this. I know the movie you're thinking of. It's like a straight musical. And it takes place in like the '60s, like around Vietnam and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know when you're talking about. I I, I never like, saw that. And it was like Beatles music. Yeah, all Beatles. I just can't remember the name of the movie. Yeah, I know when you're talking about. I, just, I can't remember the name of it either. But it was good. Yeah. It followed the romance of two people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Remember they were on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then, I know. I, I know the movie you're talking about. I just can't think of the name of it because and then the, that woman sang "Helter Skelter." Yeah, it was amazing cover of that. I, yeah. I, um. Anyway, yeah, that's the yeah. movie I'm talking about. And probably, you know, the be- next best musical I ever made was probably, uh, you know, Sgt. Pepper's. No, I'm just I still watch. If if it's on, I watch it. The, the one with the Bee Gees. Yeah, the one with the yeah. Bee Gees. Oh, that's tremendous. Where they did the whole thing, almost. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I I know what you're talking about. It, it's because that's got um. ELO does a lot of the music in that. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I, I can just the, the Strawberry Fields scene yeah that's the that's the one scene i always remember i was actually gonna say kiss versus the uh the phantom of the park <laughs> right yeah yeah that's the second greatest music ever written aerosmith was in that film kiss versus the phantom of the park no that Bee Gees, sergeant pepper thing. oh okay well yeah, yeah yeah that's right yeah they're like the they, villains they, or something they, they yeah. played uh what they play Oh, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. They played they played Come Together. Yeah. Maybe. I know they were in that movie. Yeah. And so, well, I mean, if you want if you want to go a completely <laughs> different route, a uh-huh. a pseudo musical, if you will. I'm gonna go crossroads. Crossroads. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of a pseudo musical. Yeah. I mean, if you love Steve Vai guitar, <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy a good Steve Vai guitar solo. Right. That movie is chock filled with them. <laughs> yeah. He should have probably been headliner on that film. Well, I watched the the scene at the end. Like somebody posted it on Facebook, it was like, you know, because it was like, this movie came out thirty some odd years ago, 
and you know, like that 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 whole thing, like the 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 end piece where you know he, he's going up against um Daniel Russo, <laughs> Ralph Macchio, Ralph yeah. Macchio, yeah. yeah, and um you know, like they're having that you know that guitar off, and I mean like Steve Vai is just like he looked like the devil. I know he was shredding it, dude. He, and he, I mean, like, but like the hair and like, I'm, I'm sure it's a way they did the makeup under the eyes, but it was just like that dude looks like the devil. Like I would believe he was Satan <laughs> playing guitar. <laughs> right. You know, it was good though. Man. Oh, that that that's a forgotten gem right there, my friend. Yeah, it is a forgotten gem. Ralph Macchio. I, I started watching uh, the Cobra Kai. Yeah. We got that's, about three episodes in. That's next on my list. I'm still watching The Legend of Korra. Okay. Which is like the sequel to Avatar for The Last Airbender. Yeah. So I've got like I watched, one, one more I watched, season. Um, you know what I did watch? I watched Godzilla again. <laughs> Last night. Which Godzilla? King of the Monsters. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah the good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, too bad. Well, I mean, no, I mean, the, the, the reason I say the good one is because, like, I, uh, you know, I made a mistake and I tuned in for like about 30 seconds to the Matthew Broderick one. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. And no, I watched it right the fuck off. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. The king. It was good. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it a second time around. Oh yeah, I was like, damn. I loved how how you heard him recharge. Yeah, it was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh shit, here it comes. Yeah, dude. Like it was so much like it's almost like a THX sitting back in your seat. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know. Uh, it was a damn good movie. I can't wait for Godzilla vs. Kong. And I loved Wontanabe in it, too. Yeah. Oh, Oh my God. Oh, that, I, 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 that I scene roll, was like... A roll of tear, man. Yeah. He just touched him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Spoke damn. to him in Japanese. Laid a hand on him. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Oh. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. I like the monsters. All the monsters looked real good, too. Yeah. I thought. Oh, yeah. They did. But I kept looking in the screens for Kong. I was like, where's Kong at? Yeah. Got in there somewhere. They keep saying Skull Island. Yeah. Kong's got his own shit going on. <laughs> yeah. You heard the call and said, I got other shit going on here. I got, I got to protect my island. Yeah. I got John Goodman on the island. None of the <laughs> yeah. food <is> safe. <laughs> yeah. I got to protect this island. Yeah. <laughs> He's got Roseanne in the back of the van. What the fuck? Sam Jass is coming back at any minute to talk about Pittsburgh Steel. <laughs> yeah. <Get up>. yeah. <laughs> but um Yeah, I'm looking you know, I you know what I like about those films is that in in a weird way they're all connected, but they just haven't made the connection. Like the real connection. Yeah. Like Kong and yeah, the monsters, and it even connects almost to the kaiju, to Pacific Rim. Yeah, 
same style of you know what I mean like colors yeah like, like there's connective tissue there yeah like, you know especially in calling like with the the um the organization monarch you know, yeah that, that's your connective tissue that's your you know your your shield organization if you will yeah, yeah. but um I, I I can't wait to see how this this all unfolds like I, Kong versus Godzilla is like one of those ones it's like Oh, I can't wait to see this. This is going to be good. This is going to be epic. Now, how is it going to go? Are they going to eventually team up against some bigger force? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think I've, I've read that there's, like, uh, you know, another monster that they're going to have to, like, you know, put aside their differences and take on for the planet. Yeah. You know. Uh I think in the in the King of the Monsters there should have been one part where the yellow mustard comes out. Yeah. Remember when they get cut up and shit? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they rely so much on that, like uh, him going nuclear and shit. Yeah. You know, and um, but you're right. Like it, it would be like an old school tribute to like you know see him like get slashed open at some point. Yeah. A little something come out. A little something. Yeah. <laughs> that moment. Yeah. But I, I thought it was really well done. I, I just thought it was really good. It was cool to see him fighting and, like, biting the neck. I yeah. thought that was really cool, too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, one of these. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he was going for the neck. I mean, he was yeah. going for the kill, or at least kill one of the heads. Yeah. You know? And then um, uh, there was aspects in that movie that I liked a lot, like that. I was like, damn. He fought like an animal. Yeah. You know, it was a very animalistic fighting style, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Of like, you know, going for the neck, going for the weakness, the underbelly, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? What animals would do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you like Rodan? Yeah, I thought they did a really good job with Rodan. Yeah. Mothra. I mean, I mean yeah, they all they all look good. Like everything looked good. Like it was like such a really well done. I thought yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, and that was one of those ones. You know, seeing that I was just like, oh shit. <laughs> I know, right? Damn. You know. I'm like, why is she letting him out? Yeah. I'm letting him out. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, don't you know what you're doing? Yeah, he's fully encased in ice. Don't yeah. let him out. And they set up charges. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> there is a reason for this. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess they didn't know there was. Right. Anyway. I wonder why Kong's not going to bow to Zilla. Because well, Kong's the king. In his own mind. Yeah. On Skull Island. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, they, like I, they said, like, he didn't leave Skull Island for a reason. Well, I mean, because he has to protect that island from, you know, the the things below. Yeah, in favor of Ray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 
I mean, it's one of, it's one of those deals where like he's a guardian of that area for a reason. But I mean, I'm sure Godzilla's gonna be like, "Bitch, when I called for you, <laughs> yeah, right, you weren't there. Right. Now you must pay the price." <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it'll definitely be an interesting fight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially if it's if it's on Skull Island. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it's there. Like if you if you're fight, if you're fighting that fight on 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 Kong's turf, yeah, you got to give Kong a slight advantage, I think. Oh yeah, you do. It's a three point advantage when you got the home field. Yeah, but if <laughs> you know, it gets him in water. It's it's done. Yeah. That was also Godzilla when he took when he took it into the water. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, because that was like his home turf now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. Agile as hell. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That was I like that aspect of it too. Anyway, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we shall Are they see. Making it? I, my understanding is, I mean, it's. I guess it's in post production at this point. Oh, is it? Yeah. Who's in it? Do you know? Um, I know a lot of the cast is returning from the last. We got Kyle Chandler, um, Millie Bobby Brown. Um, uh-huh. So. A lot of the cast is coming back from the last film. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm, you know, so it's an ongoing storyline, obviously. Cool. Yeah. I, I am excited. I, I heard what I think it was uh, September 9th. We're going to get our first trailer for Dune. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, I'm giddy. I cannot. I get, it, it sounds weird. I, it's like it's fucking Dune. Who cares? I do. Like I am so fucking giddy to see this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Who's it, who's gonna be in it? Um. I know. Um. Well, I know Momoa's in it. He's playing Duncan Idaho. Who is uh, that? He was like the um for the he, he was like, like the man at arms for the Atreides family in many ways. Like right. you know. Um let me take a look here. I know there's a couple of big names and there's a couple of people I'm like, I don't know who the fuck these people are. <laughs> um I mean, do you think it's gonna fly? Or have they just played it out? Yeah, Dave Batiste is playing um, the Beast. Oscar Isaac is playing Duke Leto Atreides. Um, Josh Brolin, Gunnery Hollick. Stalin Skarsgård is playing uh, Baron Harkonnen. Of course, Skarsgård's in. Of course. Of course, the Skarsgård's gonna be. Of course. Um, I, I I think this is I think this is gonna be very interesting. Like, and I know some people, some of you out there, stork, is gonna sit there and tell me science fiction movies unless it has a Star Wars or Trek, just don't make money. 
which in a way he's kind of right. We're not going to deny that. Yeah. It, like for some reason, like unless it's a Star Wars movie or a Star Trek movie, like science fiction movies really don't do that well. You know, there are rare exceptions. Like you look at like Independence Day, like the first one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the like, first. There, there are there are rare exceptions, but for the most part, they don't. I, I the key to this has got to be. You've got to convince people that this is an event movie. Right. You know, and in my opinion, it is. It's absolutely 100% an event movie. Like, this is the first part of this. This isn't, this isn't going to This isn't gonna be like the movie we got in 1985, where it was like they tried to tell the entire story in two hours, and there was all sorts of studio interference. Like, the studio knows you have to break this shit up. This, this, this is too dense to tell in one sitting. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm 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 intrigued to see like if they can make this feel like an event. You know, turn this into a tentpole where you yeah. can do the sequels. Like you know, and um, because the problem is like Dune. The, the first book the first the, by Frank Herbert is so fucking dense, you know, because he he has to take the time to explain everything, like why the Empire is the way the Empire is, why spice is so important, why the Travelers became the Travelers. Like all this shit, all this history has to be laid out before you, before you can understand what happens on Arrakis. Yeah. You know? And that's the problem with like trying to do this as a movie is like you have to somehow find a way to lay out all that history and explain all of this fucked up shit that takes place before you get to the story you're trying to tell right now. Yeah. Um so I don't know how you do that. That's the that's the hurdle that they have to overcome is like, how do you explain all of this? How do you explain why the handoff of Arrakis to the Atreides family is bad for the Empire? So because of that, the Empire puts the Harkonnens back and say, you know, go ahead and attack and take what was yours. You know, it's like this, like, all of this has to be explained before you can get to Pombo Wadib, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do. Like, I'm. I have faith because like I've I've seen enough of what this director has done, that I know this is going to be a a well shot movie and I know he can tell the story, but it's how do you lay it all out so that you don't walk out of the theater like the problem was like, when, in 1985 when I walked out of that theater having never read the book I had no fucking clue what I had watched. That was the problem. It wasn't explained properly to me. You know, no, I didn't either. Right. We walked out of Showcase East. Yeah. That's where we saw it. Yeah. I walked out, and all I, the only thing I took away from it was the main character, yeah. Sting, and the fat guy. Yeah. From the thing. Yeah. I think the thing. He was yeah. in the thing. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. The one that yeah. blew up, the suit yeah. that blew up. Yeah. Yeah, I <clears throat> remember how red he got. Yeah. But, uh. That's the only thing I can uh, 
that's the only thing I took away from that. Other than that, and fuck was going on. I thought writing the dude writing the spice worm was cool. Yeah. And I was over it. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go play some arcade games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, I remember me, you, and Uncle John walking out of that movie, like, going, what the fuck did we just watch? Meanwhile, <laughs> Pap Coon, your mother, Aunt Bonnie, and my dad were all like, the way they portrayed this and the way they did that. Like, they were like, they thought it was a fantastic movie. And the three of us were like, what the fuck did we just watch? And it's because they had read the books and we hadn't. Right, right. Like, after I read the books, I gained a much deeper appreciation for that movie because it's like, okay, now it makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. But you shouldn't have to read, like, if you're somebody who hasn't read the book, like, you're going to be completely intimidated by this movie. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, because it just was like, it was it was over our heads. Yeah. I mean, at that time. Don't you yeah. Think? Well, I mean, until I read the book, yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like, you needed everything the book gives you to understand why everything that takes place takes place. Right. Like, even, like, the Sci-Fi Channel did, like, a, a three-part miniseries. It's very well done. But it still was incomplete. Like, you still, like, you're, like, missing some of the pieces. You're like, what the fuck is going on sometimes? It, again, I get it because I've read the book. <laughs> you know? Right. But the problem becomes, in order for you to enjoy this movie, you shouldn't have had to re- had read the book. Right. You know, in editing, the movie should encourage you to go read the book afterward. Like, if you enjoyed this, then you're really going to enjoy this. Right. You know, and that's the problem. I just watched a John Cusack movie where I felt exactly the same way. Which one? It was called Cell. Based on a Stephen King novel. Oh, okay, yeah. The first 35, 45 minutes of this movie started out like gangbusters. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is some good shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I was like, wow, this is this is really good. Like, I was right. on the edge of my couch watching, and, you know, it was yeah. good. Really good. About three quarters of the way in, it fell into the fucking Stephen King wormhole. And yeah. it just got fucking dull weird and diluted and like at one point we both looked at each other like what the fuck is going on yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like we were both completely lost i was like what happened to our movie you know what i mean <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying like oh my god it was that bad and the ending was the worst like it was just the worst yeah i i was so disappointed because i was like wow like, the first half, I'm like, wow, this is a really good movie. I, I love where this is going. Right. You know, it's John Cusack. He's doing fucking great. This is just beyond. I mean, this is a really good film. Yeah. And then, I don't know how a movie... I've never... It's been a while since I've seen a movie that I liked partway and all of a sudden just tanked. Yeah. And this movie just tanked. Bad. Like, the depths that I... Yeah. Can't even... Yeah. Describe. Terminator Genesis bad. Yes, but worse. Yeah, because the, the first half of that movie is like really fucking good. And the second half yeah. of that movie, it tanks really fucking bad. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. Just, it's, just, it's horrible. Yeah. It's like, I, I and you know, I mean, it's a shame because Nancy knows somebody 
and they watch Doctor Sleep. Uh-huh. They've never read The Shining or watched The Shining. Right. But they watch Doctor Sleep. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I didn't get it. Uh-huh. Well, no, you're not going to because you had the scene or read the first part. Right. You know, that's the problem. Yeah. You know. It's definitely connecting. Yeah. It's like, like, like trying to watch Return of the King without watching the first two movies. Yeah, exactly. Which I, I know somebody who did that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's it's Nancy's brother-in-law. <laughs> he came to me. He's like, you know, I watched that uh, that Hobbit movie. I'm like, which which one? He's like, Return of the King. I'm like, oh, what do you think? He's like, I thought it stuck. I didn't understand it. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't understand? Didn't you watch the first two movies? He's like, well, no, I didn't think I had to. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, you need to watch the first two movies, John. Yeah. I mean, really? You have to watch the first two movies to get this? Like, yes, it's a three-part story. Yeah, I guess too much, but it's still a three-parter. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have to be three parts. No, no. The Lord of the Rings had to be three parts. That's the one he watched, not The Hobbit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. He just, he, you mean Return of the... Okay, I get it. He watched Return of the King. So he, he, didn't even bother, he didn't even bother with The Hobbit in those three movies. He's like, I, I had enough of that shit. Like, wow. He just watched the, the third part of a, of a, of a three-part act. Yeah, and the best the one, one he didn't get it. movie. Yeah. I think. What do you no clue? Yeah. I thought about watching The Hobbit movies again. But then I said no. Yeah. I watched Fellowship. <laughs> I would like to sit down and rewatch the Lord of the Rings. I'd like to rewatch like the the extended you know <laughs> the, the four hour versions of each. Like, with, the just, brick, with the brick in the mouth parts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I it's it's been a long time. Like when I've watched those movies in bits and pieces, I mean, they're on fucking, you know, TBS or TNT, like, every other day. Yeah. It seems like. So you catch them every once in a while, like, you know, bits and pieces here and there. Excuse me. But um, I'd like to sit down and just watch, like, the the original, like, the, the Lord of the Rings, because that is so well done. Yeah. You know, out of all the movies, you know, with all the freaking Legolas jumping on the shield and Gimli axing his way through everything and yeah, Gandalf doing his thing, you know, I mean, everyone's doing their thing. The moment, the the movie moment that stands out in all those fucking films, well, there's two. Not, no, I'm not taking anything away from Helm's Deep because Helm's Deep was like, visually, it was stunning. Yeah. One um, of the great, the great, like... One of the greatest cinematic battles ever filmed. Ever. Yeah. Um, and like, and it was, that's why Return of the King was so disappointing. Yeah. Because the makeup wasn't even there. But I yeah. mean, like, <laughs> it's just like, they were like done. They're like, fuck it. Can we just finish this shit? Yeah. I let's need to get go out home. of here. Just throw a fucking rubber, rubber band around him. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Fucking throw a balloon on his, on his eye. I, <laughs> we're done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where's Rick Baker? No, just kidding. Um, so, uh, 
so the second monumental part in those movies is the return of Gandalf in in Helm's Deep, where he's like, "Let's go out and ride," and then yeah. they're riding to, and he looks to the sun, and there he is. Yeah, when you look to the east. Yeah, it was there. just like unreal. That moment yeah. in that movie was like, it still gives me chills. Yeah, with the riders but, a row hand and everything. Ah, yeah, in all their glory. Yeah, it was it was unreal. I mean, that part was just unreal. But the moment that stands out the the most to me is Boromir's death. That is oh. like in all the films. Yeah, I mean, I'm we've seen them all. You know, yeah. we've seen some great moments, great scenes, and great dialogue. But my God, Boromir's death is just. It's incredible. Yeah. Simply incredible. Especially when he takes the first arrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's still fucking shit up. Oh, like, that was like... Like, I fucked up. I almost, like, you know, raped a hobbit for this damn ring. Yeah. And now I'm going to redeem myself. And he does. Oh, yeah. In a sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was incredible. Yeah. <clears throat> that to me was it just blew my mind it did like yeah. it choked me up every time I watched it oh yeah do you know what I mean like ah oh. and then yeah, when they, I, remember, and, I remember being in the theater rolling a tear like and I yeah. knew it was coming like you yeah, knew it was exactly. coming because I've read the books I knew like right. okay this is where Boromir falls and it's just still just like like, like Sean Bean delivers this, like, this incredible performance it's so well shot and you're just like Fuck, and I'm I'm like I remember just rolling a tear, and my, and my then fiance Renee looking over at me, go, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like you just don't get it, you just don't get it. It was incredible, yeah. And uh, you know, and then you know, um, what's his name comes over and puts his kisses him on the head and puts his sword on his chest. Yeah, that is dick. Oh, that is just like, yeah, this is why I'm watching this film. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. This is why we read it. Yeah. You know, like, uh, just captured it perfectly. Fucking brilliant. It's, it was. It's it just like, I don't know. Like, Return of the King just had that deflating moment, like the third Batman. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there was just seemed to be less time taking care of this movie. Like, they were so busy trying to fit in the nine fucking endings at the end, which I know, I mean, they're in the book. I get it, you know. And thank yeah. God they, they, they decided not to put in, like, the retaking of the Shire. You're right. If you remember, right. like, there was, like, a, yeah. a whole, like, couple of chapters at the end of that fucker that, like, you know, they had to go back and retake the Shire. Because, like, orcs and orcai had taken the Shire. And they had to go right, back right. and take that. You know, so, like, thank God they cut that shit out. <laughs> but still, right. like, you know, the nine fucking endings at the end were just like, oh, you could have taken this out and applied more time to the battle scenes that needed it, and you know. Right. I mean, you had, like, these, you could have had these epic battle scenes. And there yeah. were a couple epic moments. Yeah, like, but... the, the ghost pirates ruined everything. They did. Yeah. I mean, but they could have been, I just felt that it could have been so much better. Yeah. When she was like, I am no man. Yeah. Oh, that's a badass moment. Yeah. 
wicked. Yeah. Cuts the head off that fucker. And even like, damn. Even <laughs> that mo, even that moment, you know, where Aragorn's like, you know, you shall bow to no man. You know. Oh, to, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. That's like, that's like, oh, yeah, that's that's probably that's probably up there with my top three moments in that. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that completely. Yeah. You shall rise. You shall bow to no man. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's good shit right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just get him to the boat now. Let's get him to the boat scene and I'm done. I don't need a, I don't need the nine other endings that follow this. Yeah, we don't need it. Yeah. At all. Just take me to the boat. <laughs> oh. I wanna see yeah. Sam just dry humping anything right now. This <laughs> fucking <laughs> take, take me to the boat scene. Yeah. <clears throat> I get the I get the bar scene. Yeah. So I, I get that scene. I understand that. Yes. Yeah. Like the mental the whole mental thing of what they had just done. Yeah. And now they're in the bar having a pint. You know what I mean? One like, fine courage. The, and... the burden that Frodo carried. Right. It weighs on him forever. Right. He and can't I, and... live in this existence any longer. He has no. to go. But he, yeah, but also the other ones too. It's like, how do they go back to living mundane lives? Right, and like yeah. in a normal setting, those same hobbits in that bar it's completely different in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. But now it's like they're just kind of like, how can we ever go back to this mundane lifestyle? Well, I mean, it's, it's like it's been like, an epic journey. I mean, it, it it's honestly. And I mean, and this is probably the perspective that Tolkien was writing from. It's like coming back from World War One or World War Two. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you went and you did this absolutely epic thing, and how can you come back and just be an average guy again? Right. And I'm sure that that plays into it from Tolkien's perspective, coming back from World War One. Right. You know, like, and he was probably. You know, how can I just be me? Like, how can I just be a writer again? Like, you know, uh, so I, I like it makes sense from that perspective. But like, and you're right. Like that scene's important, but it's not that important. No, it's not. You know, but I, I mean, I get the like, scene. The, the crit, yeah, I said to me, so do I. Like, I, mean, I get all the scenes, like all the, all the, 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 the progression of the endings. Yeah. All makes sense. I understand them. Like, and I understand why they did what they did. I mean, even I mean, and Tolkien did what he did. I mean, again, this is like pretty much straight from the book. This wasn't anything that was made up, like you get in the second and third Hobbit movies. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. so it make it makes sense from that standpoint. And I'm not, you know, I'm not. I'm certainly not going to say like, you know, why well, I. I why do you do it? It's just it's you reach a point in that movie where you're just like, okay, it, no, we're not done yet. They're still not rolling credits. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, no, no, no. We're still going. I mean, you know, it, you, you reach that point with that movie is a problem. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like as you're reading the book, you can at least sit there and say, oh, look, I've still got 60 more pages to go, even though it's kind of over. Yeah. You know. 
it's in this case you don't know how many pages are left and you're still like yeah well tying shit. things up in a book are a little bit different than tying things up in a four-hour fucking movie right where you're just kind of like hey i'm done right i get it yeah yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? i've been on an epic journey I've I'm, hit done. The peak. I'm coming back down i don't need to come back down to hades yeah you know what i mean like i'm good i don't need that slow roll you know yeah. what i mean like <clears throat> but um yeah i know it's just such a great series Anyway. anyway, whatever. Yeah, went down the Tolkien hole. <laughs> we went down just just a hole, just right. a fucking hole. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so there there is one thing I want to discuss. All right, just because it's kind of timely. Um, and and that is you know last week we we talked hard. About the uh, the DC fandom event. Yeah. So, like we talked a few weeks ago that you know when they did Comic Con, Comic Con at home, that averaged per panel fifteen thousand views over that weekend. Right. DC fandom drew twenty two million views worldwide. Yeah, they did it right. Like, well, I think the big point is like you know obviously the big the biggest point is they brought out the heavy hitters, right? You know, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, Batman, you know, um, you know all the stuff that they they kind of debuted and showed. I mean, it, it was it was heavy hitter after heavy hitter after heavy hitter. Right. You know what I mean? And it was something that, that absolutely positively as a fan you wanted to be engaged in. Right. Um I mean as far as like I mean the panels were a little bit more creative and a little bit more well done than what Comic Con did. Yeah. I thought. Um I thought they did a better job with that. Um I, I even though you could still tell, I mean, this was clearly, you know, edited for for content for time. Yeah. Um yeah. It's still they 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 did a better job with it at least it felt a little bit more linear than what you got from Comic Con, um, but again I, I I think the main point is these were all heavy hitters, and right. people wanted to see what was coming out of this, right? And um, I, I I think that's where you get 22 million views from is people wanting to see. And hear what these people have to say that have made these projects, right. as compared to so much of the content you got at Comic Con. I hate to say it, so much of the content you're probably going to get at New York Comic Con, where I'll be honest, again, I haven't heard much, and there's nothing there that I have heard that I'm going to be like going out of my way to see. Right. Or this, it was like I had to go out of my way to see it. Right, right, right. So I like, what do you think hit that made them like other than like. You know, the big trailers. What what do you think made it this the twenty two million views that, that that they got? I even think I think the discussions with like the directors and stuff like that. I thought they were. I thought that was well done. Um, you know, like I just thought it was really good. I just it seemed to be more put together. Yeah. 
No, and the, and like you said, they had the heavy hitters to come in and say, "Hey, check this out." Right. And that shit spreads like wildfire. You know, hey, did you see the new Wonder Woman trail? No, I didn't. Hey, check this out. It's here. You know what I mean? Like. Well, I mean, I think what's interesting, what 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 what's most interesting about this is if you only wanted to see the trailer. Right. It was available online immediately after the first the panel first aired. Yeah. The Justice League panel leaked early. Yeah. Or the Justice League trailer, I should say. Yeah. So, like, in all honesty, like, if, if all you were there to see were the trailers, they were you, – you, you didn't have to watch this. But the fact that 22 million people watched it, it became must-see programming in a way. And the way DC presented it is we're only showing this for 24 hours, and it's gone. Yeah. And you better tune in at the appointed time to see it. Made it must-see. Right. You know, and that's what I think was very interesting. Like, I, I hate to say it, but, like, I guess the mistake that Comic-Con made is they put it on YouTube, and it's there forever. Yeah. The girls watched it. My yeah. kids. Yeah. My girls watched the DC fandom. Yeah. I, that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they were watching. They were tuning in. They were ready. They had their times ready. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. I think their draw was Robert Pattinson. I think. Yeah. I'm sure that's, I mean, but I, I also think, like, I mean, you know, Wonder Woman, I think, I'm sure was a big thing for them yeah, to see. Yeah, that, that was it, too. Suicide Squad, especially. Yeah. Because they like all those movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So. But, like, I, you know, like but, the Wonder Woman panel with, like, Patty Jenkins. I know they, like, Patty Jenkins has other stuff later on. Um, I know there was a, a whole, you know, women of comics panel. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, so there was a bunch of stuff like talking about the diversity of, 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 you know, what they're trying to do. So like, you know, for your daughters who, who, who are very active in that type of scene. Yeah. Those panels probably attracted them. Yeah. Outside of the heavy hitters. Like I watched some of it. Like I watched the whole thing about, um, you know, you know, the, they announced they're going to do the Static Shock movie, which excited me because I watched the Static Shock cartoon. Yeah. You know, so that excited me to a point where I'm like, okay, I, I can't wait to see that. Um, right. So there, there were other things outside of the the heavy hitters, the quote-unquote heavy hitters, that are going to attract people. And I thought they did a good job of presenting it. And again, they presented it in a way that if you want to see it, catch it now because we're not posting it to YouTube. Right. You're gonna you know. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I thought the whole thing was pretty good. It kept our interest all day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was, and it was something yeah. good for the house when people were stuck in or, you know, the people that don't, are not going out right, right now, you know. It's good for them to, it's something different on TV when, you know, the TV's kind of, um, you know, when the TV's kind of, barren you know what i mean like there's not much on you know we're really like fighting for stuff to watch here yeah i mean i've i've started watching things i thought i'd never watch yeah like i started cobra kai i didn't think i was gonna i for for some reason i just never thought i'd be into it you know what i mean but the story's actually really good (laughs) yeah i mean i've always wanted to watch it i just wasn't willing to pay for youtube premium to watch it right you know what i mean that's the problem that was always the problem with cobra kai now that it's on Netflix, 
yeah, I'm going to watch it at some point. Yeah. You know, because it did, it did pique my interest. Right. Um, right. So like, but like, you're right. Like, I mean, there are other things like, you know, even like, uh, like fuck today, uh, before we, we came on, I was downstairs watching, uh, like Austin Prey versus, uh, like central Arkansas state in football. Oh, really? First football game of the season. Yeah. You know, to, to, you know, division two schools that like, like, I'm just asking myself, like, why am I watching this? I'm like, oh, yeah, because I miss football that fucking much. Right. You know, because the Pirates are still the only. <laughs> Here's a funny statistic. Going into today, every team in the National League was within two games of a playoff spot, with the exception of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, really? Who still do not have double-digit wins. That's it, dude. It's it, it's so hard to watch. It is. I've tried watching ba- like I enjoy baseball. I and I've tried watching some pirate games this year, and it's just like, oh, this is bad baseball. <laughs> and they were gonna trot this team out for like their plan was to trot this team out for 164 games. No, oh. that that would have been unbearable. It would have been the longest summer ever. I. I, I I can't even believe people fans even support them. And maybe well, it's just more about going to the park. I think it is. Like I I, I think I I think you know PN, the Pirates and PNC do a good job of making the the experience of going to the ballpark fun. Yeah. Now I mean like in all honesty, okay, if this team was playing for 162 games, and and you were at this point of the season, the players could have could stand at the end at the exits and greet and you know said hello and goodbye to all the fans as they were entering and leaving the stadium. That's how few there would be at this point, right? You know, ex- with the exception of a, of, of a fireworks night, right? You know, or you know, foreigners coming in to do do a, a post game concert. You know, you're not going to draw at this point of the season. Like people who like even like weekend games would 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 not, you know, it'd be like they'd be announcing tick the ticket sales would be like eighteen to twenty thousand, but there'd be like thirty people in the seats. Yeah, you know, it's pathetic. It is. It's bad. Why don't and I've been to stop? games like that? Like I've I've been like when but this was like back in like the 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 Three River Stadium days, where like. The ushers would be like, you want to move down? <laughs> you know, we'll let you move yeah. down. You know, fourth inning, like, the usher would be like, yeah, um, if you want to sit down there, you can. Like, really? Okay, yeah. cool. <clears throat> you know? <laughs> yeah, because nobody's nobody coming to this cares. <laughs> Yeah, nobody cares. You want to sit with your dick out? By all means, go ahead. <laughs> you know? Come in a loincloth. Fuck. Yeah. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I just don't, I mean, I, I just don't understand. I mean, you just have this beautiful stadium. It, it almost has an old time feel to it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's a personal stadium, if that yeah. makes any sense. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. 
you know how it how the overhang hangs and it just it's just a great stadium you know yeah. and you have this legacy that they're just fucking throwing onto the ground every time they have a fucking play a game yeah you know what i mean and that's a oh, shame yeah. i mean that's that's like slapping the face of all the players before them <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah you gotta be kidding me uh it's just heart-wrenching Here's an amazing thing to think about, though. Mm. Next year, both of these stadiums are going to be 20 years old. Wow. When Three River Stadium was 20 years old, we were ready to tear it down. Right. We, we were calling it out of date, and it needed to be torn down. Right. These two stadiums, like I, I find that interesting that it's like the mentality is that the, these stadiums are not anywhere near out of date, like like. High, like a three river stadium, right? You know, I always thought, and I've looked at old pictures of uh, I always thought Forbes Field was neat looking, yeah. Mommy used to tell me stories about and stuff, yeah. Mom used to tell me stories about grandma taking her down to the game, oh, I'm sure, grandpa taking her down to the baseball game down at Forbes, yeah, but uh. Yeah, I mean, these stadiums aren't going anywhere. PNC is still one of the best parks in the United States. I, I, I find it fa- – and I understand, like – it's like one of those things where, like, I understand, like, how in 1971, like, Three River Stadium was considered a state-of-the-art facility, and it was a multi-purpose facility. But, like, I don't understand how you could get to that. Like, it outdated itself. So, like, within 10 years, that stadium was out of date. Right. You know, and – like, it just amazes me, like, how these two stadiums have st- done a better job of standing the test of time right. than Three River Stadium ever did. Yeah, I know. You know. I don't know. I know one thing, though, is they need to bring a stadium back to Oakland. <laughs> They've still, they're still talking about it. Well, people are always going to talk about that, like, for Pitt. Like, I agree with you. Like, Pitt needs uh, a thirty to 40,000-seat stadium on campus Yeah. that, you know, that would that would be huge. But the problem is, where the fuck do you put it? They'll buy it or make room. But where? I, don't the, I mean, the problem, the, that's the problem is... Where, mean, brother. They'll, they'll yeah. figure it out. No, I, mean, I know you are. I mean, but the problem is, like, it's, it's just there's nowhere to put a stadium at this point. Yeah. And more importantly, there's nowhere to park 40,000 people. Sure. You know, and that, that's that's the problem. That was the problem with the old bowl. Pitt Stadium. Yeah. There was nowhere to park in Oakland. Right. You know. Anyway, at least with a basketball arena there, the, the parking that's available is able to handle it a whole lot better. Well, they do a lot of shuttle, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I used to park under Soldiers in Sailor Hall and yeah. take a shuttle up. Right. You know, and then walk down the hill after the game. Well, you have to understand, too, um, they can, I think they could possibly do it. And, and for at least half the fans. Because on Sundays, all the, most of the lot, all the lots are closed. That we take in, that we shuttle into. Right. So all those lots on Sundays are closed anyway. Right. 
open them up. Right, but I, it just they own it. I mean, it's UPMC, it's University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. You know right. what I mean? Do it. Shuttle people to the games. But it takes away, like, the whole the whole point of having a like. Plus, if you, you have if, all the on campus too. Right, but that's the problem. Like, okay, like if you look around and you look around at the colleges that have these amazing on campus facilities and what goes on there, like, it's about the experience of being on campus, about the you know tailgating at the stadium. Yeah. You know, like everything that goes into to all of that. It is part of like, and that's the problem. Is like, there's no place at Pitt for you to do that. Yeah, but no one's going to the games down in Heinz Field either. Right. No, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, you I know, mean, you and, have your you have your diehards. They're in there. They're already in the lot. They're already tailgating. Right. You know what I mean? And you do get some fans, but you're not getting. Plus, you have to look who they're playing too, but you're not getting. Right. But here, okay, here's the problem. Like you know. this year, this year, Pitt should win their division. Yeah. There is a very good chance that you know, if this was a regular season, Pitt would have gone nine and three, and won their division, and then probably lost in a bad way to Clemson. Yeah. You know, unless that defense is as good as advertised this year. Like, if that right. defense is as good as it's supposed to be, they have a chance. But, like, I mean, you're talking about it. If that's the best you can hope for as a Pitt fan is, like, 9-3 and three and a loss, you know, to to Clemson on their way to, a, to another national you know, yeah, or, you know, another playoff berth. Like, yeah. Like, why am I showing up? I, I, I get where, like. The malaise comes in. It's the, it's the same as a pirate fan. Like you know, it, the best I can hope for it, it is you know, hey, we didn't lose a hundred games. Why the fuck am I showing up? Right. You know. So I mean, that's the problem. It is, you know, we talk about what a great sports town Pitt, Pittsburgh is, but the fact of the matter is, Pittsburgh is a great sports town when you're winning. Right. You know, look at Steeler games when they're losing. <laughs> In all honesty, like, you know, <clears throat> the fact that any anybody showed up for a game last year for an eight and eight season is like shocking, you know. Yeah, you, but you're, I mean, but that's the diehards, like, or yeah. the person who, like, you know, hey, I don't have season tickets, so it's an honor just to get to go see a game, you know. <laughs> but honor. Yeah, but you're going, you're going to see Duck, and Duck Hodges and and Mason Rudolph. Oh, I know. You know, you're not going to see good football. Well, at least on the offensive side. That's that's you're exactly right. Yeah. And you went for the defense. Yeah. Now this year, like if if Ben's healthy and you know Connor stays healthy, then yeah, that offense could be something spectacular to watch. They got right. plenty of talent, you know. Right. But the second I'm back to like watching Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, you know, you go from having seventy plus in that stadium to having like, you know, a lot of yellow seats. Yeah, a lot. You know. Yeah. I know. Believe me, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing with the Penguins, like we you know, we talk about, oh, we're a great hockey town. Yeah. Um, that that period of time where, uh, um, 
Crosby, like right, right like right before Crosby, like that, that period of time, like where they really stunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like again, nobody was coming to the arena for those fucking games. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, it was 1982 all over again. Yeah. You know, like between like Lemieux like stepping down and right before they drafted Crosby, like that was a period of time where like nobody was showing up to the arena. But we're a great hockey town. We love hockey here. No, we love a winning team. Right. You know, we Pittsburgh is a bunch of front runners. The Pirates, they had a three year run. You know. Made the playoffs three straight years. We're a credible team. PNC Park was sold out every fucking night. Yeah. You know, the second they, they got below 500, all of a sudden, you know, buy one, get one free nights for back. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so. All you can eat and more. Yeah. Yeah. Puke on the parrot, for God's sakes. <laughs> Something. Give us some news. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> also, you know, I have to state this too. Hockey. I mean, I get what you're saying with, with fans. I'm, I'm just talking that you talk about an expensive sport to get season tickets for. Oh, yeah. Holy balls. Yeah. I mean, like, I know people that make a lot of money. Yeah. Like, buy a quarter season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because oh, you're yeah. like, ah, that's pretty steep. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's an expensive sport to, to go watch. I mean, yeah. hockey tickets are not cheap. No, not at all. I mean, not, I'm not saying Steeler tickets are either. But in the same sense, usually you can get Steeler tickets. I mean, you might be sitting in fucking peanut heaven. Yeah. But you're going to get Steeler tickets at a decent decent price. Hockey, you're looking triple that amount. Here's, a gr- Here's the greatest example of what we're talking yeah. about. Pitt basketball. Yeah. When they were going to the, you know, when they were winning, you know, Big East tournaments and they were going to the, the NCAAs and, you know, they were the number one, one ranked team in the country and Jamie Dixon had that team just, you know, burning through the Big East. You know, yeah. that was the hottest ticket in town. Right. Like, you could sell that ticket for three times the, Basically. you know, the the price. Yeah. No doubt about it. Like, hottest ticket in town. Right now, now, they're rebuilding, and I think they're going in the right direction, but they're slowly rebuilding. You know, if you find a pit tickets on on your windshield you take them off and you put them on somebody else's windshield <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like that's how people are now like when they were winning they were the hottest ticket in town and that place rocked it was it was one of the greatest home court advantages in all of the ncaa people talked about it all the time but the second they they, they lost the second they became a a mediocre to to Losing every single ACC game that they played, yeah. right? They, you you couldn't give tickets away, right? Scalpers were packing it in. Yeah, 
<laughs> I guess it, it was the the joke was I I went I went to a store and put my pit tickets on somebody's uh windshield. I came back to my car and had four more sitting in mine. <laughs> right. You know. So I mean that that's that's how bad pit bat. I mean, and that's how far it's fallen. Right. Isn't that crazy? It it's. I mean, and I get it. Like you, the hard part is you're transitioning from like that Big E style to the ACC, which isn't nearly as physical. Right. You know, I understand that's a hard thing to do. And Jamie Dixon, he couldn't recruit for that, and he had to go. And I hate to say that because I love Jamie Dixon as a head coach. I think he's a great human being as well. But um, you know, so now you're trying to recruit a different type of athlete than you were when you were in the big East. And and it's hard to do here in Pittsburgh because one, this isn't a basketball town at all, at all. And, and two, like if you look at the hotbeds that they were recruiting from, it was like New York, New Jersey, Boston, like that, that's where they were pulling recruits from. Yeah. You know, and you know, those type of players don't want to play in the big East or not. They don't want to play in the ACC. So now you've got to try to create a, a, a new like pipeline, and that's hard to do trying to, you know, where so many of these other teams are already establishing these these hotbed areas right. trying to get talent. Right. I don't know. I don't know either. But but I mean I remember like I was at those games when Pitt I mean, that place was a madhouse. Yeah. You know, when Dwan Blair was there and everything, I mean, that that was one of the, like, best atmospheres I've ever been in for any sport. You know, and, I, and I've been to football and, and hockey, you know, both college and, and, and pro football. You know, like, but that atmosphere was amazing, like, especially like in a big game, like, you know, when UConn came to town and Pitt was, like, number three and UConn was number one, that place was fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, it was amazing to be in that atmosphere. Right. Like, you talk about like big game electricity. You felt it when you walked in the stadium. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could just feel it. Like and like the 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 when the right before, right before tip off when they do the player introductions, the fucking zoo was lit. I mean that place was just on fire. The student section because of the Pittsburgh Zoo, that was on fire from from like jump. You know, yeah, yeah, and you know, it was just one of the the most amazing atmospheres I've ever seen during that that period. Like especially like when when Blair those two years that Blair was there, and they were national contenders. Right. You know, it was just like fuck. This is what big time college basketball feels like. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that. That was like so cool to be a part yeah. of. Well, they're well away from that. But I, I, I think they've, you know, they've got the right guy in Jeff Capel as the head coach. I, I think they're, they're building. I hope they're building in the right direction. You know, I, I think they are. Um, <laughs> it just unfortunately this takes time because, you know, again, like what, what kid from like some of these like hotbeds in the South, where like all this, all these players are recruited from. Who wants to come to Pittsburgh? <laughs> right. 
you know, honestly, I mean, that's an honest question. Like, it's easy to kind of like, I don't want to say it's easy, but like, it was easier to recruit when you were in the Big East from like New York because you could say, well, we're going to play in Madison Square Garden at least three times. Right. The Big East tournament's in that Madison Square Garden. You're going to play in your front of your home crowd. Right. Like, you know, and Pittsburgh's not that far from New York. Your family can come and visit you. You know, yeah. Yeah, there's all sorts of things that you could pitch to like a kid from New York City, from New Jersey, you know, from Maryland that's you could that you could pull those kids from right. to come to Pittsburgh. You know, trying to convince some kid from Georgia or Florida to come to Pittsburgh and play basketball in the winter. Yeah. It's a hard sell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, wow, man, we went down some rabbit holes today. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, okay, it's pause. Yeah, it's Sorry. pause for the. Call. All right. All right, then. <clears throat> All right, so let's go ahead and dip our. Tony old mailbag. Mailbag. <sighs> and as always, let me start with a good friend, super fan of that. That writes in, well, my two favorite hosts I like to drink pumpkin whiskey. Um, no. Uh, I don't know about yeah. you, but I don't drink at all, so I sure as shit will not be drinking any pumpkin whiskey. Damn, that shit is good. Tastes like Jack the Pump. No, no, no. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I would not. Uh, I would not spend the money on it. No, no, <laughs> no. Wow, what a great trailer for the Justice League. Did you see the seventh member in the trailer? It is nothing. None other than the Martian Manhunter disguised as Martha Kent. Did you see the little glitch in her eye? No, I didn't. I have heard rumor that he's supposed to be in it, but I don't know. Yeah. So, I'll be avoiding spoilers until I watch all four episodes, though. So, thank you very much, Thad. (laughs) Here's my question. Is WB mad he is releasing this? How can Schneider release this? Doesn't he need WB's permission? Well, yes, he does need their permission, and they gave him permission. Um, I, I, I think the thing is, there was so much public pressure with the release the Schneider cut hashtag, and you know the, the, the even the actors. Like Henry Cavill, I, I you know, I think he was kind of like, you know, that's that's released the the real cut of this. That's you know, Kevin Smith said it existed, but you know there was a lot that was missing from it because the special effects were never completed. Uh, there was a lot of, of of stuff going around about the Schneider cut. It became this living thing. That this is WB caving into that pressure and releasing something they never wanted to release. Right. You know. Um, I, I mean, I don't think they're mad, 
because it's going to be a way to like this is something that they're pushing. Like, you know, when they when they announced they, you know, with the release of HBO Max, this was one of the things they were like, and coming in 2021, an HBO Max exclusive, Zack Schneider's Justice League. You know, this was like like a, a tent pole for that app that yeah. they were kind of saying, like, this is what we're gonna do for you because we love you so much. Please give us your money. Right. You know what I mean? Like that honestly, like that's what they were doing. Um, you know, I, I think with the shuffling of all the stuff from DC Universe, the um, Young Justice, um, Titans, Doom Patrol, over to HBO Max. Um, I, I think that you know they're looking to use this as a way, kind of like the way Disney Plus is going to be using a lot of the Marvel Universe now. Right, you know, uh, when we eventually see like WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier stuff like that, so I, I, I think it's just it's a matter of time, um, right, before we see that kind of come to fruition. But uh, I, I mean, as far as the Schneider, the Schneider cut goes, I, this is just Warner Brothers and DC just giving in and giving the the people what they want based upon pressure, right? You know. I do think they're pissed that, like, you know, Cyclops is out there, like, you know, spilling the tea on everything that went on with Joss Whedon. <laughs> right. You know, there's an investigation going on now about that. You know? Oh, yeah? I oh, yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. Like, Warner Brothers announced they were launching an independent investigation into, uh, you know, all those going on. Because, I mean, like, Jeff Johns is named in this, and, you know, I mean, Joss Wheaton too. I mean, you know, these, these are two high-profile names in the nerd world where, like, you're like, wow, you know, this is all shocking to me. So, yeah. Um, maybe that's that, why they packed it up and left. That's why, maybe that's why Affleck was like, see ya. Cavill was like, nah. Well, I think part part of it was, especially with Affleck, it was like so much to do with like him doing a Batman movie. Yeah, like I I think he 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 submitted a script that he wanted to to, to do with his writer and Warner Bros. Like, oh man, um, yeah, we need to tweak this and uh, and then we said we're gonna let you direct it, but we think we want to bring in somebody else to direct it now. Yeah, you know, I mean, there there was a lot of horror shit that went on with Affleck and you know trying and get, trying to do a, a solo Batman movie. Yeah, and I think that's like he just was kind of like you know I don't need this hassle I can do other shit. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And um, and I think in a way it was kind of the same thing with Cavill. I mean, they they were I think I think Warner Brothers was more or less trying to cut ties with what Zack Schneider had done. Like instead of like going forward with Man of Steel two or something, like they were talking about doing a Supergirl movie and you know, and all this other stuff. And Henry Cavill's like, you know, if you're not gonna give me time, if if you're not gonna tell me when something's gonna go on, I'm gonna get busy doing other shit. Right. I can't sit around here and wait for you. Right. You Nor should he. No. So I'm gonna go do The Witcher. 
Right. You know, I'm going to go be Sherlock Holmes. Right. right. You know. He, um, he is. A, I like him as Superman. Oh, so do I. Like, I think it's a shame. Like, if we don't get to see any more of Henry Cavill as Superman, I think that's a shame. Yeah. You know, I really do. Like, I would like, I would love to see a second Superman movie. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking forward to seeing, like, Zack Snyder's interpretation of Superman in the Justice League. Like, you know, there are things, I, you know, I did, you're right. Like, I liked Henry Cavill as Superman. I, I thought he did a phenomenal job in, yeah. in, in giving us a modern-day version of this character. Yeah, so did I. I thought he was great. Yeah. I I had I never had problems with Superman. No. And like, yeah. Like I mean, in the and, and there were Batman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's like the problem. It's like, like man, like to me, Affleck is the closest you could get to like what the like a comic book version of Batman was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and and I mean, I know there have been other interpretations that everybody loves Keaton's Batman and, you know, the Christian Bale Batman is considered like one of the best and, and all this. other, But like none of them have like really come close to like being really what that character is. And like I thought Affleck came the closest. Yeah. You know, and I, I you know, and as, as good as, as Robert Pattinson's looks, I don't think he's going to come close to what, you know, I, you know, I could be wrong. Um, but you know, <laughs> that's a tough act to follow. Yeah. You know, and I'm certainly not going to compare the two, but you like, in a way you can't help yourself. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't want to, I want, I want to judge Pattinson's Batman all on his own as, right. as his interpretation of the character. But man, it's going to be tough not to compare it to Affleck's because Affleck's was just that good in my opinion. Yeah. What I did like about, like, I'll say it again now. We watch that trailer. What I did really like about uh, um, Pattinson's Batman is like <laughs> he was like on scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was on scene. Like. Yeah. And they were like, "Well, what do you think?" Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's the detective. Yeah. I mean, there he is. I mean, they, I think that's the point they wanted to make right. that point. Like he was actively involved. Like, yeah. what do you think's going on here? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, from a detective standpoint, right? What's going on? What's happening? Right? Can you figure this out? You know, I like that aspect of it. Yeah. But then again, on the other end, you see the brutal side of him. Yeah. Which I appreciated as well. Yeah. And you know, I think they're trying to mix both worlds there. You know, to appease the audience, maybe. You know. So you're appeasing the people that read Batman the comic, but then on the other hand, you're showing them beat the fuck out of somebody. You know what I mean? Like right. the vigilante. It's a, it's a weird line because like I let it go with Affleck's Batman because like to me, Affleck's Batman is that grizzled older Batman who he's had enough. Right. You know, it's like I, I have played by this set of rules and it's gotten me nowhere. Right. You know, everything I try to do, I haven't brought Gotham City up. It's still a shithole. 
it's still riddled with gangsters and super villains and everything else. And I, I'm just so fuck it. I'm buying right. a machine gun to the front of my fucking Batmobile. <laughs> you know, right? You know, and it was like, and, and but I mean, the catalyst was Wayne Tower, right? Well, no, it may have even before that. Like, I mean, that there in in Batman v Superman, you, you see the Robin suit. You know, with ha yeah, ha ha. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so the Joker's killed a Robin. Mm. So that could have something to do with it as well. Like, I mean, the catalyst for why, you know, Bruce Wayne, Batman wants to take out Superman is, you know, what happened in Metropolis. He views Superman not as a savior, but as a villain. Right. You know, despite what you've seen, he still he looks at him as like, you know, yeah, he's on our side right now, but that could change at any second. Right. You know, which that paranoia within Batman makes sense to me. Like Batman in a comic book thinks that way. That's why he has a, a lead line vault filled with kryptonite. Right. You know, because he doesn't trust Superman completely. Right. Well, you know, how, can you, how can you trust someone that powerful? Right. But then the other yeah. side of that, though, is like, you know, the, where, where the brutality comes in is, is probably from the death of Robin. Yeah. You know, you take you, you, you kill Robin and, you know, and now he feels a guilt. He feels a responsibility. And it's like, I've let this this maniac loose on the city and every chance I've had to take him out, I've let him go. Right. I've taken him to Arkham Asylum. What's that gotten me? It's gotten me a, a dead kid. Right. My friend. You know, so I, I can see where that that's where the brutality is coming from. Right. You know, so. Still love that scene when Soups comes in. Oh, yeah. That's a good scene. Yeah. You have to admit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a I mean. As bad as Batman v Superman is, there's a lot to love. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. I'm talking Justice League. Oh, okay. When they're at, when they're all there. Oh, at the Supes monument. Is, Supes is risen. Yeah. At the yeah. Mo- at, at the monument. That was a good scene. Yeah. Yeah, that was. I wonder I'm if not that was Snyder or Wheaton. <laughs> I think it's I think I, I think it's a combination. I, I think I think it's mostly Wheaton. Yeah. But I think some of it is 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 Schneider. But I don't know. Like I don't know. We're gonna see. Because I mean I know that monument plays a role in you see it in the the the, the Zack Schneider trailer. Yeah. You know, so how much of that's going to play a role, I don't know. Right. Like, I hope that fight's not there. Like, I do, like, in a way, like, in a strange way, like, I do, like, I don't, it comes back to, like, how they, how they bring Superman back from the dead. Right. Like, it, you know, that's the real thing. And if it's in that fucking, you know, Kryptonian ship and everything else, like, that's going to piss me off. Because I, I, I just, didn't, that's the thing I didn't like. The most, no. yeah. I didn't. I I always thought that was a bad idea. I didn't think. I never think thought that Batman would go would do that. Stoop to that level. Yeah, like th- th- like that's the one thing. Like as much as I love Affleck's Batman, it's always the one th- 
flaw I pick out of that character is he would not condone those actions. No. We're not going to raise him from the dead. You know, now how they again, bring him back? Or well, is he already thing, like, not dead? Well, that's the thing. I mean, remember at the end of Batman v Superman, what's the last fucking thing we see? <laughs> it's the dirt wow. being thrown on the on the on the grave, and oh, yeah. all of a sudden that dirt starts to float. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there has to be something Kryptonian taking place where his cells are repairing, in my opinion. Yeah, already inside the coffin. Yeah, right. And, like, you know, something has to get... Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's so much, like, there's so much connective tissue that Zack Snyder intended there to be between Batman v Superman and Justice League that Joss Whedon cut away from. Right. Like, there, there, there's not as much connective tissue as there should be. And I think, I mean, again, part of that is, like, you know, when you go back to Batman v Superman, the, the, the nightmare scene where clearly, you know, Dark Side is one and Earth has become, you know, an apocalypse. Right. You know, you're seeing some of that in Justice League in that trailer as well. You know, so is there a is going to be a situation where the Flash goes forward in time somehow and sees all of this? Right. You know, so I I, I mean, so there's a lot of connective tissue now between because that is what this is the story Zack Schneider was telling between right. those two movies that is going to make more sense as compared to the Justice League that Zach, that Joss Whedon gave us because he he. Severed a lot of that connective tissue for for whatever reason. I don't understand why. Right, because even the director said there's going to be a lot more Flash than what was yeah. in Justice League. Right, which would make sense, which would lead to Flashpoint. You right. know what I mean? Like, right, exactly. And like maybe he discovers how to that he can go time right. travel with his power. Right. You know what I mean? Like so that would make sense, right? Right, because I mean at the end in in Batman v Superman, like there is that moment where he you know he comes through. And he's like. Am I too soon? You know, you know, right, you know, right, right, right. You know, so he he is traveling through time. It's just when did he travel from? I mean, he's got the mustache. He's, I mean, you know, he's got a whole thing going on there. So it's like, right, right. Where is this flash from? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. You know, you got so, with you, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there's that's the thing is like, you know, clearly Zack Snyder is going to have a lot more connective tissue between those two movies to make them make more sense. Right. And that was always like, like one of those, my, my gripes is like, it doesn't connect really, very well. The Batman V Superman, they, they, they ignore a lot of what took place in Batman V Superman. Right. You know, why, why is that? I don't understand that. And I think this is going to clear that up for us. Thank goodness. Well, well hopefully yeah, it will. It should. Because it's Zack Snyder's vision. Can you? Are you able to get HBO Max as a streaming network? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it just included with your HBO subscription, or is Max separate? Well, like okay, with me, and you have to investigate this because, but I know like because I subscribe to it via Comcast, I can get it for free because I subscribe okay. to HBO through Comcast. Because I have HBO through Prime. Right. 
So I don't I don't think so with Prime. I think you'd have to pay extra for it because I know the HBO Max app is not available through the Fire Stick. Hmm. Like that's the problem. Like that's the problem I'm having is it's not available through the Fire Stick and it's not available through um Roku. Not Roku. It was something else. I can't remember. Maybe it was Roku. Um, but I think it's like available through like the PlayStation 4. I think it's available through like the Xbox. Weird. Yeah. But like they, they couldn't get a contract with those two. So like I think in your situation, you would have to pay extra for HBO Max. But if I can't get it through a Fire Stick... But you have a you have an Xbox One, right? Or an Xbox, right. yeah, I whatever the one. new, yeah. So you'd, you, I believe you're able to get it through that. So you'd be able to download the app through your Xbox I and see. watch it that way. Okay. Well, we're a while away from that. So. Yeah. Things might change by the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It comes around. Right. But like, the funny thing is, like, I so I can get HBO Max for free. But like, I can't get it through my Comcast box. As right. An app. Right, right, right. So, but like through the PlayStation Four that Nancy has, would be able to download it and watch it through that. But like, there's nothing on there right now that I want to watch. Right. You know, I'm not in a hurry to see anything really. So, it is one of those things where like, you know, once it is available, I'll find a way to get it on the downstairs TV. What's the difference with HBO Max? What's the draw? More content. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, clearly, like, you know, they, they have a, a list of originals they want to release or are releasing right now. Um, but like, you know, it's also like it it is based it, it is basically their version of like giving you everything that Warner Brothers has to offer. Right? I think they they have original content from like TNT and TBS. Um, you know, like all all the all the channels that that Warner Brothers owns and operates or you know they have content available through hbo max as well plus like i said like the dc universe stuff like i know doom patrol is available on hbo max right now and the other one the dc universe stuff is supposed to be shifting over to that and dc universe becomes a comic book only app okay so like there there are things like it's more than just hbo that you're getting with hbo max Okay. A lot of other stuff. A lot of WB. Yeah, like 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 the stuff that they own from a from that standpoint. Like Charmed, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Isn't that WB? Yeah, but like again, like it's but a lot of it is also going to be like I said, like like a lot of their cable networks. Okay. So. Anyway. Yeah. Wow! Another rabbit hole. Yeah. All right, so that's it. That's uh, let's wrap this as beast up. All right, brother. Anything you like to add to the proceedings? No, I'm good, man. All right. Well, remember there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. Uh, you hey. can send us an email like Thad does each and every week, um, and that email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. We're really easy to find, and um. 
We're also uh, on a couple of podcasting networks. You can find us on the Tangent Bound Network and the Weeby Geeks Network. Uh, just give them a Google search, and you'll find all the other great content they have to offer. Um, and lastly, as always, I want to thank you, the listener, for checking us out each and every week. Uh, can't thank you enough for your uh, support and hijinks, for supporting our hijinks and shenanigans. And your hijinks and shenanigans, we, 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 we enjoy them. Hmm. Keep up the fine work. Yeah. And so on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace.